grow by being unique, not better. Because when you grow by being unique, there's no cap. But if you try to get better, then there's a cap on how good you can really get. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I want to ask you, do you have a strategy right now where you are getting leads that come into your inbox while you're sleeping? Do you have a strategy where you are optimized with both Google AdWords and SEO, search engine optimization? If not, then guess what? Today's your lucky day. We've got a free strategy session just for you, and it's with Dan Barrett. If you recognize his name, he was a guest on episode 565, and he is the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy and get a free strategy session to learn with him how to implement an online strategy for your market in both SEO and Google AdWords. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is a world's longest running daily real estate podcast and happy Friday. I hope you're having a wonderful Friday. Because it's Friday, we're doing follow along Friday. And with us today, the co-author of the best real estate investing advice ever book, volume one and soon to be volume two. How you doing, Theo Hicks? Doing good, Joe. Looking forward to having a conversation about another successful conference you attended recently. Yeah, looking forward to it as well. And as Theo just mentioned, I just got back from the Think Realty conference in Atlanta. So I thought it would be good to talk about the lessons that I learned. And they range from the overall experiences I had while in Atlanta, meeting with the people I met with, some takeaways that I got from presentations, and then just overall observations that I found valuable whenever attending. So that being said, let's go ahead and kick it off. So these are the eight benefits and eight takeaways that I got from the conference and really of my trip because some of them aren't conference specific. So the first is I got to hang out with two friends of mine plus their wives and it was a lot of fun. Jared and Andy, their brothers, they've each of them been on the show before. They're from Cincinnati live in Atlanta now. They're formerly fix and flippers. Now they work on large apartment communities. They have a apartment community in Cincinnati and working on their next one. And I was able to spend more time with them and, and I enjoyed it. It was just a fun experience. And that in of itself was worth the trip just to be able to connect with friends and then also people who are doing similar stuff that I'm doing and sharing stories. So that, that was really cool. Number two is I actually met with another previous best ever guest and I saw him at the conference and his name is Brian Ellis and you'll know him from episode 207 titled The Three Keys to Profitable Note Buying. And I was talking to him. I just randomly was like walking through the vendor line. I saw him and 
it was so cool because I've interviewed him on the show, didn't know he was going to be there. And we started talking about what he's doing. He's got a self-directed IRA company, and he's also winding down a fund that he had put together, like a $10 million fund, I believe, that he put together. There might be some business opportunities between us. Who knows? Not sure. But going to stay in touch, and it's always better to reinforce the phone conversations with in-person meetings. And that was a second big takeaway is meeting with him. Number three, I'm getting very tactical now. When I presented at the conference, I presented top 10 mistakes I've made as a multifamily syndicator. And I've presented that now twice at two conferences, one in San Francisco and one in Atlanta, both coast, I guess. The benefit from that on this meeting is that they're actually going to give me the recording of the video of the presentation. That way I can use that for whatever I want to use it for. That was cool because it's got the presentation now has some staying power and I can share that with probably my group of clients is who I'll probably share that with and also use snippets of it, maybe make some sort of highlight reel for a promo video of future conference speaker submissions or something like that. It's always good to have content that you can then use or leverage for other purposes. Oh yeah, totally. And because obviously you could have done the same presentation kind of holding your phone in front of your face, but that fact that you were at a conference and kind of what you mentioned about the staying power and all those people watching you is definitely an added element to that video. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Next one, we've got someone else who I have interviewed on the show, Peter Vexelman. He's based in Atlanta. And if you Google his name and my name, you can hear the episode that came up. I don't have the episode number right in front of me. His presentation was very real, and I appreciate his approach. The way that he structures his business and the way that he talks about who he works with, who he doesn't work with, and just getting to meet him, it's just nice. It's nice to meet people in person who, again, I meet through the podcast. And there were some best ever listeners out there as well. Brian, who attended the show, uh, Brandon. I shouldn't have started naming people's names because I know I'm going to uh, <laughs> forget a couple people. But all the best ever listeners who attended the show, who then came up to me and said hi and we hung out. It's great seeing you. I'm really grateful that we're able to connect. During Peter's presentation, so one was getting to meet Peter in person, but then two was one of the things that he said in the presentation, which ties back to his business model. And you can just, again, Google his name, my name, and you'll listen to the episode where he talks about his business model. One of the quotes he had in the presentation was to grow by being unique, not better, because when you grow by being unique, there's no cap. But if you try to get better, then there's a cap on how good you can really get. I thought that was really interesting. I wrote that down as soon as he said that because that's something that I haven't heard before, ever. You've got the Jim Rohn quote of don't wish it was easier, wish you were better. And that's always been ingrained in my mind, at least recently. And then I heard him say, grow by being unique, not better because there's no cap on being unique. And I'm sure if I asked him a follow-up question and I said, do you have to be good at it or can you suck and still make money? And he'll say you have to be good. 
But just the mentality of being unique and not focusing on getting better as much was really interesting. And that uniqueness would be dependent on like the kind of the individual and like their authentic self or is it searching the marketplace for something that is unique? I think it is searching the marketplace for something that is unique while being true to who you are. Because if you're true to who you are, then you got the box checked on authenticity. And then it's a matter of making sure that you have a business model that reinforces that Mm. positioning of being unique. And I started self-reflecting on this podcast and my multifamily business of raising money and buying apartments with investors and sharing in the profits and my consulting business. And I can see how two of the three are unique, but one of them, it's more challenging and it got me thinking. So for example, my consulting business, it's unique because I offer unlimited amount of my time to my clients. I don't know other people who are playing at my level who do that. So that checks the box. For my podcast, nobody in the world has been doing a daily real estate investing podcast as long as I've been doing it. So that checks the unique box. But with my big money maker, which is actually what you don't want, the big money maker is the one where you struggle. Big money maker is where I'm struggling to figure out how is my business unique? How is it truly unique? Because sure, I buy apartment communities with investors who are sharing the profits, and that's a business that not a lot of people are in. However, is it truly unique other than, and this is the only way I can think of it being unique, other than the people who are behind the deals, which as you and I know, that is incredibly important. Buy a good deal with a bad team and you're screwed. But mm-hmm. you know, buy a bad deal with a good team, and you might not be as screwed. You still might be. <laughs> so you're still probably screwed, but you might not be as screwed. But you buy a, a decent deal with a good team, and you should turn out okay. So that's the only thing I can really think of that where you truly unique, and that's something I've got to look at further to see: is there a philanthropic component, like? You and I do with the book that we write, the books Mm -hmm. that we write, you know, we donate all the profits to junior achievement from the book sales, something like that. Or maybe it's something else where we have a proprietary model with the residence program. I don't know. I'm not sure what it is, but it's something that got me thinking. I mean, I guess one aspect of your business that's fairly unique is the relationships as you've kind of talked about in this podcast right now, all the different people that you're, you're meeting because of your podcast and attending all these conferences and how, you know, maybe right now at this moment, you're not having any sort of business relationship with them, but who knows what the future can happen, which is why I think it's really cool when you kind of said how you met that one guy where you didn't even really expect to see him there. And then boom, all of a sudden you randomly bumped into him at a random vendor stand. And then really who knows what the future is going to hold for that relationship. So I think that in itself is, at least from my perspective, very unique. Yeah, I agree. Where the podcast allows me to build new friendships and yeah. get to know people. And then I do business with some and, and some I don't and some we just stay in touch with. And that is a unique component to it. I think something that where I could do better and take it to the next level is figure out if I have an investor in the deal and I'm talking to them about our business model 
and our approach. Mm. If if there's a component to it that is proprietary or like, oh, that's interesting. Again, whether it's a philanthropic thing or whether it's something proprietary that we do or I don't know. I just have to think through that more. I don't have a solution for it, but it was a thought-provoking comment that Peter mentioned during the seminar and I wrote it down and <laughs> see what I can do with it later. <laughs> exactly. All right. The next one is integrate ideas into a system. The last three and the next three are <laughs> are coming from Jeffrey Taylor and best ever listeners. If you haven't heard Jeffrey Taylor talk and you can find him, he goes by Mr. Landlord. So just search him. Jeffrey Taylor goes by Mr. Landlord. He's a phenomenal presenter. He's so engaging. I saw him in San Francisco at the San Francisco Summit. And then I just saw him this past weekend. Boy, I just hang on every word that he says because he's just so fun. And he gives very practical and tactical advice. So here are the three. The first one's more high level and the next two you can implement right after you get done listening to this podcast. First one is integrate ideas into a system. So it's great to have ideas. It's great to hear things from presenters. It's great to get advice or have ideas. But if it's just a one-off implementation and then you don't document it in a master document, then there's not a system that's greater than that one thing. Let me get more specific so that we can put this in the light. When I have an idea for this podcast, I will immediately email my assistant. And I didn't used to do this when I didn't have an assistant, but roll with me right now. I'll immediately email it to my assistant and then she'll bring it up on our next call and then we'll decide when to act on it if it's going to be immediately implemented and tested or if it's going to be something that we do later, but it's in the process. And then if it is actually implemented, then we have a master document where we have the whole marketing flow and show flow, and then we update that so that it is then locked in and we notify the relevant team members. And we can do the same thing with our real estate business. And he was talking about landlording and landlording tips. So have ideas. That's great. But then make sure you plug them into the system. The other two, one is to rent out packages, not just a home. So if you have a home, best ever listeners that you rent out, don't just rent out the home, rent out packages. So here's what you do. You say to the resident, oh, I'm so glad that you decided to rent our standard home. That's great. And they're like, what? Like, yeah. Hmm. Uh, Recently, we've had residents who have wanted to upgrade to certain packages. And then you give them options from TVs, like flat screen TVs, to washers and dryers, to more high-end homes, maybe lawn care. And then increase the rent and give them this upgraded package. And then the other tip is to never give a letter to renew a lease. Instead, give a resident an anniversary gift and 
in that gift, it's a, basically a letter where they can select their gift. So congratulations, Theo. Your anniversary's coming up. Select which of these five gifts you'd like to receive. And it totally changes the conversation from should I renew my lease to which gift would I like to select. And each of these gifts will be between 50 to 100 bucks, which is much cheaper than filling the vacancy for your apartment or your house. I can tell you firsthand, the last house that went vacant for me was this past summer, and it was over $5,000, and I make 250 a month from that house. So it wiped out all the profit for a year plus. So it's much cheaper if I instead proactively, which I will on my home, still looking at how to do it from an apartment standpoint because that's a major change to implement. you got to make sure it's budget probably. But for my houses, I can easily do it. And then each of those gifts will, will contribute towards actual property getting better, like a ceiling fan, like cleaning the carpet, et cetera. Those are the tips that I took away from the conference. That last one's good. It's very clever. Obviously, as you kind of said, especially for those smaller houses, I'm realizing that from listening to all your podcasts, some of the turnover costs are kind of the biggest expense that eat into your profits. I mean, $250 a month, $5,000 turnover cost takes away all the profit. But secondly, this anniversary gift is kind of things you're probably going to do anyway. You're just putting an anniversary gift label on it. Like, oh, like if you want to select these options of upgrades that I probably want to do this property anyways – but you can just select them and it kind of gives them that sense of power and control and kind of makes them feel good. I kind of did like a hybrid version of this for my tenants. It was kind of like a cheap thing because I got those little $100 Visa gift cards for my work, like for free. Yep. And I just gave them those. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Andy and Jared, who are sitting with me, they said, well, we used to give our residents holiday gifts. They said Christmas, mm. but me being politically correct, I say holiday gifts. <laughs> and they're like, we won't do that anymore. We're going to do anniversary gifts now mm. around your lease because it's more relevant for your business. I think that's a lot better. Yeah. 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 And all the things he was talking about, if you have a chance to listen to Jeffrey Taylor talk at a conference, they're all incredibly clever. So go check that out. Well, best ever listeners, I hope you had a great time learning some things that we talked about today. And I hope you had as great of a time as Theo and I did having a conversation with you. I hope you have a best ever weekend and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Ever wanted to invest in real estate without the headache of tenants, property managers, and leaky toilets? Real Estate Equity Investment Group is an East Coast premier private investment fund where you can put your liquidity in experienced hands. Head over to realestateequity.com. That's realestate hyphen equity.com.